Hello, friends, family, strangers, to another episode of Humming Fools. It is I, Kyle Stuke, poet, lover, keen, the white Ecuadorian himself, here to drop a quick little note before we get into the bulk of the episode. As the episode is titled, Tackling Difficult Subject Matter, the episode deals with difficult subject matter. It's all within the context of the reasoning behind it, the fears associated with it, and the approach one can take towards these subjects. I don't feel like Noah and I ever get too explicit with the darker things we discuss. It's more about the strategy than the actual subjects themselves. But nonetheless, we do discuss suicide, violence, sexual violence, and other disturbing images and themes. And I just wanted to warn you guys about that in case that sounds like something that may trigger you or just be detrimental to your psyche. You know yourself, you know what you need and how to take care of yourself. So if it sounds like that, please feel free to skip this episode and I will not be thinking any lesser of you. And you and I will still be getting that yummy cup of coffee on Thursday at 4.30 at our favorite spot. And I will be paying this time. If this episode sounds fine to you, though, happy to have you. Please listen to these sexy tunes and we'll get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Humming Fools. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Stuke, joined by my beautiful, attractive French host, Noah. Yeah, what's going on? Man, I'm just really happy to once again be sitting in this orange room with you (laughs) and uh, talking about stuff that we would have talked about anyway. Yeah, man. I don't know where this is going, but um, I'm just, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. It's just kind of fun. Like as soon as I see the microphones and my crappy notes and your face, (laughs) it all all comes together. That's right. I'm just excited to be here. So why why are we here today, Noah? What are we going to be talking about? We are going to be talking about uh, difficult subject matters in media or how how do you either incorporate that or how do you deal with it in whatever media you're doing movie story whatever um mm. and uh what that means when you present it to other people and and how and the, their reception to it basically yeah. oh i thought we were doing something else can, can we can <laughs> yeah, take a break? Start over. <laughs> <laughs> yes noah is absolutely 100 percent correct we're going to be talking about how to tackle difficult subject matter and um Again, with all our topics, this, these are not things that Noah and I are experts on. It's just things that we thought were interesting and mm-hmm. actual questions that um, you know we think about constantly. And so we're gonna we're gonna address it ourselves, and that'll be fun too to see for the future um, if our opinions change. We actually come back and learn some some new info, and we can revisit certain topics. Yeah. I imagine some of the things we were talking about today, there will be some reflection later of well. We did that, and this is what happened. So before we do that, Noah, I just thought of this, and so I thought it might be interesting. Um, I thought we, maybe we could talk a little bit about our first experiences maybe with um, some heavy material. And if that, mm. if that improvisation throws you off a little bit, I can start. No, but yeah. 
um, yeah, I was just thinking like what we're talking about today is all kind of about like the, how do you approach stuff or like, what's the experience? Like what's the fears? Mm -hmm. What, what, what is dark subject matter and why are we even kind of, you know, dancing around it or addressing it? And so, um, it just popped in my mind. I was like, okay, what was the first time? Like when I was a kid where I went, Oh, like, that was upsetting or it made me, yeah. it, it showed me a part of the world that I've been protected um, from before. And then what was the mm. you know result? So is there anything that comes to your mind when I say that? Or do you want me to go ahead? You might have to go first. I'll have to think about it for a second. Guys, don't send Noah too much hate mail for this big <laughs> blunder. <laughs> I'm sorry our, I let you down. I'm throwing some curveballs <laughs> at him. He wasn't ready. I, I yeah. s- He was prepared in other ways. So. Right. No, totally. I will go first. Uh, and I'll probably have more as uh, you talk and we talk some more, but when I did think about stuff that, and I'm not even talking about like scared because that's different. No. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, that that made me a feared. Um, I'm talking the first time as a kid where you just were like, Oh yeah. Um, And I think, and I'm sure there was one before this, but I have a distinct memory of uh, while, while I was in Ecuador, we were in um, my hometown shell. I think we were visiting at that point. And we were watching. The reason I give you these details, listeners, is because Shell is in slash lots of Ecuador is in uh, the rainforest, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times it rains and you can't do anything. <laughs> and so it was raining, and when it rains, we would you know watch movies or play games and stuff like that. So my parents were watching a movie with my brother and my sister that was too mature for me. It was time for me to go to bed. <laughs> and I, that very much upset Kyle. Well, and it makes age. Kyle want to watch that movie even more, it's, or any, any person. It sounds like you know me yeah. really well, Noah. Yeah. And so that movie was, and I like looking back, I don't think it's that dark a film, but it was, I think it was Patriot Games with Har- Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. One of the Jack Ryan films, I believe, is the character. Oh, um, I didn't realize it. it was I think a, it's Jack, Jack Ryan. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I have no idea what the movie's about. But I know there's a part where um, there's a there's some female character also. I, I don't know her name, so I don't know if this counts as spoilers. But if you're really into Patriot games with Harrison Ford, you don't want me to spoil it, <laughs> leave for a couple seconds. Why would you be really into it if you haven't seen it? Yet? Well, like maybe they're like, they just discovered the Jack Ryan character. And so they started with the hunt for Red October. And oh, now sure. Which again was... Is like, that also... It's also Jack Ryan, but it's Alec Baldwin, I think, plays him. It's not connected. Interesting. And okay. Ben Affleck has played Jack Ryan. Oh, man. And then, um, I had no idea. One of the, the Chris, one of the famous Chris Pine. Chris Pine played then, Jack Ryan and, then and now, now Jim yeah, from The Office. Jim from The Office. This makes it sound like I'm a big Jack Ryan fan. <laughs> I'm not. I just, I know things. I did not know this. Okay. Anyway, it's Patriot Games, Harrison Ford. There's a female character and... She, I think, is betrayed by her boyfriend who's actually like a spy. And so there's a scene where she like walks into a house and then he like just grabs her while she's not looking and he snaps her neck. Mm. And that freaked me out. Is yeah. it like it, it, it and again, not scared, but I just was like, oh, like that was just straight up like murder. Like it wasn't yeah. a monster, it was someone betraying someone else mm. because of like war. And this person was innocent. Yeah. And the sound it made too, which, you know, now as a movie goer, I'm quite used to oh, sure. the snapping neck sound effect. Well, and then yeah, now you'd be like, oh man, that was a great snapping neck sound effect. <laughs> I'd be like, that was so tasteful. <laughs> but yeah, as a kid, it just, it really, 
kind of disturbed me and obviously outed me to my parents when I was not uh, sleeping sure. or when I was visibly crying that I, what I had done. <laughs> Jack Ryan's lady friend got her neck snapped or I don't know if she was lady friend or not. But anyway, that was just a moment where I was like, like I, I don't uh, enjoy that. And the other one that comes to mind is, and I don't know how or why this was in children's programming. Yeah. But I remember watching Wishbone. Did you ever watch Wishbone? Mm-mm. Do you know what Wishbone is? Mm-mm. Okay, so Wishbone was, I don't know what channel it was on, but there was a, a little white dog named Wishbone, and he would uh, go on adventures throughout like history and other things. And um, he, had, he, was, he kind of was like the target dog. He had a little spot on his eye. This sounds very familiar, but yeah. Maybe it was called Iwishibun in in France. Okay, yeah. You know, did he, did they, like, maybe instead of the the black dot, they had a baguette? That's right. Okay. You guys are obsessed with those things. I know. Um, But there was an episode where uh, it was, he got to go hang out with Joan of Arc. Mm. And as a kid, I knew nothing about Joan of Arc. And so then it gets to the point where they freaking burn her at the stake. And again, as a kid, I was like, but she's innocent. She didn't do anything wrong. And then you just see her like set on fire, which again, kids show. Sure. So it's not like her skin's melting off, but she's like obviously struggling, struggling, trying to get away. And she's visibly upset, which (laughs) one would be when they're on fire. Sure. And as a kid, that kind of like... That image is still ingrained. In, I'll think about it every now and then mm. of just how upsetting of like she she wasn't a witch and she was a good person. It seemed like from the episode, um, and then she just gets like murdered by these buttholes, <laughs> and so uh, it freaked me out as a kid. It was very upsetting. Yeah. So those are some quick examples for yeah. myself. Uh, do you have any that have come to mind through that, or were you yes. uh, protected by your family, unlike mine? <laughs> uh, they they did their best. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the one I remembered. I'm trying to remember how old I was. I think this is a 2006 movie. I'm not sure, but Enemy at the Gates mm. um, had uh, Ed Harris was the bad guy. He's always been a good bad guy. Oh yeah, he's like, great at he's it. He's excellent, but he's he's never creeped me out as much as he did in that movie. Um, but again, spoilers if you haven't seen Enemy at the Gates, which I recommend. I think it's a good movie. But uh, there's a point where uh, these two main characters have a child with them, and mm-hmm. he's like, "This child is maybe ten years old." Um, and I forget if he's related to them in any way um, or or if they just found him and they're like caring for him. But it gets to the point where uh, Ed Harris's character gets his hands on this child mm. and uh, they don't see him anymore. Um, the, the, the main couple don't see him anymore. And then um, – I forget, and this this was such a long time ago, but I I just have the image in my mind where, uh, they're they're both sleeping and it's it's dark, and then it's like the sun is rising, and then one of them gets up a little earlier and then looks out the window, and in the distance you see a crane, like a construction crane or something mm-hmm. like that, or it's like a some sort of scaffolding, or I forget what it is, but it like it has like this part that goes out like a crane basically. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. This is just what I remember. And, um, and 
it takes the camera a little bit to adjust from what I can remember. And then it takes the character a little bit to adjust to what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. But then you see their expression, just like all the blood like drains out of their face when they look out. And then um, the camera shows the crane and then there's like a rope or a cable and then the kid just hanging. Oh my gosh. At the end of that. Mm. And I like that set something off in me. I was like, I didn't know what to do with that. Oh, you, you know, because yeah. like adults dying, like I I had my fair share of violent movies by that point. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like this is a war movie. People are like shooting each other in the head all the time mm-hmm. and I had no problem with it. And it's a pretty dark movie overall, but uh, that that image was just like, and there's something I remember the music being very effective in that moment too, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that stuck with me. And I think that was probably my first time dealing with probably death of a child on screen okay. or that I can remember, and that was tough to handle. Yeah. Um, and I seem to remember something about uh, Ed Harris's character kind of gaining the trust of this kid. Oh. And that's how he was able to have a kid with mm. him. And then he flips it around and just hangs the kid no. as like sending a message to, because he's like searching for the main character. Okay. Um, who's He's like a sniper. Okay. Um, and so they have this like kind of <laughs> rivalry sounds really... <laughs> Ooh, very competitive. <laughs> yeah, they're very competitive. No, but it's like they're they're just like out for each other basically. And then he does that and I just remember thinking, wow, that like I can't think of a worse thing that he could have done to, mm. you know, mess with him basically. But yeah. yeah. Dane. Yeah. Well, I don't really want to continue. Um, so. <laughs> That's it for today. <laughs> All these memories, yeah, these memories and just what you just said. I think we're gonna I'm have done. to think about this for a bit. <laughs> this was a terrible mistake. I thought I dealt with it, but clearly not. <laughs> Kyle's moved to the corner and is weeping. <laughs> um, no, that's a that's a that's a good example. I think I think that's a good, not direct uh, transition, but I mean, the death of children is a big, yes. a big taboo, a big no no, and that's kind of one of the main pieces of what we're going to be addressing. Um, and so when we say this, you know, topic of ta- tackling different difficult subject matter we we mean it as individuals um that's why um i posed the question uh because Noah and i are storytellers and we're going to be um you know putting content out there and um a lot of the stuff that we um are wanting to talk about and deal with kind of um it it kind of leans towards the darker side of of things um they're i try not to say this in a pretentious way but they're mature stories Mm -hmm. and so we haven't really mature mature <laughs> stories um we haven't really um been able to a put out much stuff mm-hmm. you know we haven't been able to share much of what we've been working on with people and but b we also haven't really got into those really dark areas we've talked about stuff yes when outlining issues of gimme to the waves or yeah. snafu like well then this is going to happen yada 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 but we, I, none of us have really had that experience of like creating a piece of content mm-hmm. that has this like aura to it. Of yeah. Like, oh no. Like yeah. when someone sees this, this is going to be upsetting. Although this is it just reminds me of the times when you've come up to me and you've been like really down and I'm like, what's going on? You're like, 
this character is going to have to die and I'm really upset about it. <laughs> it's just, it's, I'm going to have to write it that way. There's no other way. Interesting. <laughs> you like bum yourself out because you have to kill off characters that you like. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and you're like, this, this story is getting away from me. I, I'm not in control anymore. Yeah. I, I, oh, it'll be that like, it's, it was just because of his choices. Like, yeah. I don't want to happen, but he's doing it. And I think this really plays into like, well, the, this character, and this is like some other notes that I have. Maybe it's a, a whole other discussion, but like <clears throat> the writer is going to take the character to a certain point, and then the character from that point on has to do things that are on brand for that character, that are within yeah. the par- those parameters. And so once the writer sets himself up like that, yeah, obviously he has 100% control over what happens, but also he can't just flip every character around so that none of them end up in a bad situation. Or And there's so many reasons for bad things to happen in, in stories. I mean, that's how you tell a story. And yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you don't need them, but almost every time you need some kind of conflict. And uh, if you if you let your character organically get there, then usually that makes for a good story. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes you, and even the author will be uncomfortable with what they're writing, but it's like, I don't see a way around it because this is what this character needs to do at this point. Yeah. So anyway. Well, okay. So I think that's a good uh, transition to a a large part of it. Um, This will kind of probably be a consistent theme throughout this discussion, but in posing uh, this question, it comes from from fear because um, I stopped touching me. Noah just touched <laughs> me with his leg, and it was quite inappropriate. <laughs> I have to keep telling him. Um, this is a difficult subject matter, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to talk about this? Uh, this is a safe place. <laughs> um, but I know that there are roads that um, I'm going to go down as a as a writer, yes. just based off of the kind of stories and uh, you know topics that I want to cover. That I know that I'm going to come across some 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 nasty roads, not mm-hmm. because I, you know, I'm like, oh boy, like I'm so excited just to be gross and nasty, but just because it's a part of the reality that I'm trying to express. And so, but with that. Um, I don't like it, but one of my insecurities as a person is that I care what people think. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, th- I mean, everyone does everyone in, does, in yeah. a certain sense, but I, uh, I think as artists, it's already very vulnerable, you know, expressing yourself, but it's, it's really hard when you express yourself in a way that is potentially off putting to people. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I'm scared to, to do some of the things that I think I need to do because, I'm afraid it will look as if it's a reflection of myself. And so yeah. you talking about the characters specifically sparked that that that, that theme mm-hmm. in me right now because uh, I would think of it the same way of like, well, like this is who, this is how I constructed this character. This is his design. This is yeah. how he works in the story. And so, I, it, I mean, I've always said to people when I'm trying to explain how I, you know, write, it's like stories are, kind of just like an equation and you drop in different variables 
that have already been built. Yes. And then you just kind of watch it play out if you're being honest and listening to it. Because you can always go, never mind, happy ending. Right. But if you if you think honestly about it, you go like, well, really in this situation, this A would do this to B mm-hmm. or B and C would equal this thing. Yes. Um, would equal uh, hanging a baby, you know. Yeah. That's how it works. Like sure. awful guy wanting to get attention slash, you know, taunt hero mm-hmm. what's he gonna do throw another variable there's yeah. a kid yeah and there it just kind of happens and so i don't know necessarily what the do you think most people are able to separate a creator slash an artist from the actions or um characteristics or um just outcomes of a story or do you think most people go Oh, that thing happened in that movie. Oh, that person wrote it. That person's fill in the blank. Or do you think people are better than what I fear? <laughs> well, and this is this is super interesting to me because uh I never thought of it this way, but people talk a lot about separating the artist from the art. Mm-hmm. But usually it's the other way around where it's like, "Oh, am I allowed to consume this when I know that this person has done these awful things?" Yes. yes. But I never thought about it as, oh, well, this person wrote these awful things. Therefore, like, how can they be a good person? Yeah. Um, that's really interesting to me. That's never something I've struggled with. Mm. Um, but I, I guess, I mean, maybe most people, and maybe I have too, like, would the first impression would be like, man, you got to be a little bit messed up to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not always the case, obviously. Um, but if you think of people like <laughs> Lars von Trier or oh something like gosh, that, yeah. you know, yeah. where it's like, um, their sole like drive in life is to make people upset mm-hmm. by what they make. Um, I don't know. I don't see myself having a beer with that person, you know, and, or <laughs> just having a regular conversation. Yeah. Um, like, could you be in the car for an hour with that person without, you know, going crazy or being creeped out? I don't know. I I don't know anything about him, but just from what I've read and the way he handles people outside of, you know, his movies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, whenever he makes a movie and pe- people walk out, he's like, oh, well, not enough people walked out. You know, it's I know. like, I was like Lars, like, you're a strange man. I who, don't get it. Who are you making this for? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can make it just for yourself. That's fine. But, um, it's it feels a bit disingenuous because people who say, "Well, I don't care what anyone thinks," want that to be the image that they give off to other people. Yeah, they want other people to think, "Wow, that guy doesn't care what anyone thinks." So it's like, if you dig deep enough, everyone cares. Sure. Um, and so to me, that that just seems a bit. I don't know. He's just holding on to that shock value mm-hmm. um, as like his brand. Sure. Um, and I'm just picking him as an example, but uh, what I don't did know. Lars Venture do to you? <laughs> what did he do to you? Uh, no, I I, and it, it's interesting that you say that because I think normally in the past when I would have seen something disturbing, like, and not just dark, but to where it like, annoys me or upsets me because and this will be something that we talk about too is like when you see something you just go that wasn't necessary yeah or that was like that was too far 
is I think normally I would go, oh, that person's gross. And I mm. would then judge said person who did it. But kind of as you just said that, I just had this revelation of like, well, I've I've written terrible things. or And again, no one's seen them yet. Sure. Or like I've outlined terrible things. I haven't actually, you know, like <laughs> yes. I haven't plunged the sword in yet. I have many terrible ideas. Yes, my puppets will suffer greatly. <laughs> um, but... I had I have like I've thought really dark like outcomes or like yada yada, yada or um, like log lines for you know an idea and I've yep. gone oh but I'm I'm okay mm-hmm. like and when I say okay obviously you know we're all we're all flawed and especially artists you know our struggle <laughs> is very deep and we're very emotional and sensitive so please um take care of us and coddle us especially if you're young and single and attractive and uh, <laughs> female anyway besides uh, asking for a, <laughs> a date but really though I go. I think I'm okay. Yeah. But yeah, like if, if Lars Venture wanted to get a beer or something, I might go like, mm, no, thank you. Like based on what he's made. Um, but there's other people like, and I think this happens a lot. You hear about horror uh, writers yeah. or directors is people always say like, oh, when I meet them though, they're like the most lovely person. Oh, yeah. And people have consistently said that about Stephen King. He's the first example of sure. like... Or like George Romero or like... Yeah, yeah. it's like these people who... And, and, you know, some some of the horror people are just gory, but like Stephen King has genuinely written like upsetting things. Yeah. Like to where it's not just like, oh, there's a monster and it killed someone, but like, yeah. oh, like childhood trauma and sure. like, you know, re- just like really nasty stuff. But then he's like... Just a, he's a functioning human being, <laughs> yeah. you know. He's kind. Again, and I can't speak from personal experience. I wish I could, and someday <laughs> I hope to. But um, so that kind of changes my perception. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like you can't control what people think, but because I desire to control the image that you were talking about, like mm-hmm. how other people, like almost like all our decisions, somewhat are a little bit enforced by what we want people to how we want people to perceive us and our actions and our our souls Mm -hmm. you know and so for me it's like if you wait in i just did the waiting motion for noah i don't know why i'm still doing (laughs) i wish we had video (laughs) (laughs) but if you wade in just like grossness i i it, it frustrates me slash scares me that that may be then how people view you yeah, well, and this this drives into one of my points where it's uh, is that is that your audience though, the people who don't get it, you know, no. like who who is who are you doing this for? Um, Grandmas again to, to go on, yeah, to go on with our example, Lars von Trier wants to upset people, so his audience is everyone who won't like what he does, you know, yeah. Uh, but for you specifically, you want people to, you know, think of you highly, but also like be a bit repulsed by the things that you intentionally make repulsive, because that's mm. the the feeling you want people to, you know, you want to evoke in people. And so, um, I feel like if people can't make that separation, that distinction, they're probably not going to fall into your target audience for whatever you're writing. I mean, ideally your audience is everyone, but um, I feel like the, for example, with comics, if you're Mm -hmm. writing stuff that's pretty dark, the people who are going to read that are most likely people who already read the dark stuff. 
Yeah. Um, so they're not going to have problems with it. And more likely than not, they're going to be seeking out something that kind of tops the previous thing that they consumed. Yeah. And be like, oh, wow, this is new. This is a different kind of dark, or this is a different kind of feeling that I'm getting from this. Um, a different shade of dark, yes. if you will. Yeah. Mm. And once you get to 50, I mean, then you have a novel. <laughs> Are we calling it a novel? <laughs> does it get that, does it get that, uh, that classification? It, ours will be. It'll be called Fifty Shades of Dark. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And while I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm vocalizing that fear, but it is ultimately uh, something I've accepted. And that's kind of one of my points that I wrote down is that, um, you really have to, um, you have to, <laughs> you have to wane, uh, wane. You have to weigh. I'm just combining words there. You have to weigh <laughs> the the gains and losses of what you're doing, and yes. so you have to like kind of take a step back and go, okay, I think I want to do this, um, but it may have this effect. I'm willing to lose stuff over this, yes. yeah. Or like, I'm like, why do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, yada yada yada, and so. When when you agree to play in that sandbox, you kind of accept uh, the consequences that, that come yes. with it. You may get some sand in your trousers, and it may chafe. Yes, um, and you may have no cream for later. And then you may um, get some Bengay, and you may put it on your thigh because that's where the chafe happened. But then not think about how the thigh is connected to other parts of your body, and it's going to get all up in there yeah. and cause burning. Now, this isn't just some excellent improvisation on my part. This happened to me <laughs> in high school. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's it's burning right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I played basketball and I I experienced a wound, so I, <laughs> I I sought some Bengay out, but it got all up all over all of my parts, <laughs> and it was on fire, and it was yes. the worst thing ever. Anyway, <laughs> um, and so uh, you have to I think be confident enough as an artist and know your kind of reasoning for stuff. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be like. Well, I, I I thought really hard and long about it, and the the reason for this death is this, or the reason for this whatever is this. Like, it's good to you know have story structure or like a point to your work as a whole, but yeah. it doesn't have to. Some of it can be subconscious, but you have to be confident enough in yourself to where you accept controversy, mm-hmm. you or you accept people going that guy's gross. Yeah, because I know I was like I would love to have like my phone number like attached to all my works so someone could like experience and they're like oh my gosh this guy's a pig and they like yeah. would call and i'm like hi and then they're like you're a pig and i'm like well what upset you know we could talk and have a conversation and they could be like oh that guy's not a pig mm-hmm. or i mean maybe they still think i'm a pig but it's like no matter what you do no matter how uh <laughs> how many attempts or all the different plans you lay to be understood or to have people like have the correct idea or understand why you're doing what you're doing, it's not possible. And it's and also with art, it's not good to like beat people over the head with this was my intention, this yes. is my whatever. Correct. And so it's something that I am afraid of. Mm-hmm. I think I've accepted, but I haven't really had to test that yet because it hasn't happened. Right. But, but it's kind of like I see it coming. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, I'm afraid, which is why we're talking about it. Well, yeah, and I think this plays into the whole affirmation and critique thing again where um, you have to be ready for people not liking what you do. But on the flip side, um, 
if people don't like it, that doesn't mean that they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. not, and I think this is a big problem with the horror genre in general is, uh, using that kind of as a crutch oh yeah for poor quality yeah just saying oh well th- this is this is not for you or this is you know like oh you just don't get it mm-hmm. um i mean you you don't like if you're making something shocking just for the sake of being shocking but it doesn't make any sense with the story that you've crafted then there's no point in doing it obviously people are going to be upset and or you know say oh i this is not good yeah and that doesn't mean that they're wrong you know? Yeah. And sometimes it just means, oh, this is not for that person. But a lot of times people kind of use that as an excuse to just make something bad because that was the idea they really wanted to make. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's always an interesting balance, like how, mm-hmm. kind of making that distinction like, oh, is what I'm making actually good? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was good this whole time. These people don't like it. Yeah. Are these the wrong people or am I making the wrong thing? You know, so. When, it, when approaching my franchise, should I think of other ideas as opposed to just creative ways to kill people <laughs> with a puppet? Right. <laughs> um, that is a reference to the Saw franchise. In mm-hmm. case you are not movie or horror movie yes. sa- savvy, it's not a burn either. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Noah, let's take the spotlight uh, off of me because it's hot. I'm sweating from the spotlight. Mm. It makes me nervous, and I'm, I'm clenching unnecessarily, and I don't want to. Right. So let's point this at you. Um, obviously, uh, you know, give me to the ways, uh, which is. For those, if it's your first time listening, which would be surprising since this is like the third or fourth episode, so you just tuned in for this one. But hey, you're welcome. If you're here. one of the sixty thousand listeners, oh my gosh, it's crazy how uh, popular we got so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, anyway, uh, give me to the ways. You know, is going to be our main. It's like our big dream. It's our main series. We're working on it. We're trying to pitch it. Our um, magnum opus. 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 Um. That's kind of like, again, it's the big idea, the big dream. It's like this large story, tons of uh, characters, and deals with theology and all the heavy stuff, you know, depression, suicide, violence, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. So this story is where um, when Noah and I are referencing kind of some of the dark stuff we're going to do, this is what we're talking about. We have other stuff that we want to do and we want to make, and those things will themselves have things. But Gimme to the Ways is really one that is kind of associated with heaviness slash just like, uh, right. (laughs) So obviously there, I'm afraid because I'm writing it, but is there any fear on your part? And because you haven't had to do it yet, but is there any fear on your part of having to, um, you know, display or or illustrate these things? And I don't mean in terms of uh, skill, but just like I have to, show what Kyle's talking about and then that is a part of like when you look at something you're you're choosing what these people see yeah um does that freak you out at all or are you more uh are you chill about it because you're going to just point to me and say I made you do it (laughs) what what have you thought about that at all yeah um this is an interesting part because uh so with comics if it's an original comic you're going to take everything at face value. So like the way it's presented to you is the way that it's going to be in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the image is right there with the text. 
Um, the scary part would be if people read the script beforehand yeah. and then read the comic with the illustrations. Hmm. Um, because your imagination, especially for scary stuff, is almost always going to be scarier sure. than the physical interpretation of that. Um, that's often the case with movies. People will be like, oh, I was this was way scarier in the book. Yeah. I say often because there are times I can't think of an example right now, but um, sometimes someone will do something genuinely creepy Mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, this is like beyond my imagination, which is a great feeling. Oh yeah. Um, And it it just speaks to the, the imagination and skill level of that artist or whoever, you know, if it's a movie or whatever. Um, yeah, there definitely is that fear, but also a bit of comfort in that uh, it's going to be as scary as I make it out to be. So I'm going to try to take it to the if it's if it's a scary scene, for example, I'm going to try to take it to the point where I find it the scariest mm-hmm. or the scariest thing I can do, and then that's just what people have in their heads. They won't have any other ideas, hopefully. I mean, you can look at something and be like, oh, I would have wanted this to be a lot scarier, which does happen. Mm-hmm. But most of the time you're like, oh, that's what this looks like. Yeah. And then you move on sure. with that image. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting question, though. Well, let's step away, or unless you weren't finished. No, no, no yeah, that was, okay. that was it. Well, let's step away from scary, then. Let's 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 focus, uh, let's get that spotlight even brighter oh. on you. Oh, ooh, ow. he's sweating, folks. Oh, uh, he's hot. sweating. He's sweating uh, Eiffel Towers. Um, Have a drink. Oh, take a sip, baby. Um, <laughs> um, like, drawing, let's say, taboo stuff, does that make you nervous at all in the sense of, you are displaying uh, or presenting something that just has this whole, uh, you know, uh, not whole, it has years of baggage associated with it. Sure. Or especially now in 2018, um, and I'm not saying it's bad to be conscious about how other people feel, um, but um, like, for example, uh, Okay, let let me let me step back really quick a little yeah. bit. Sometimes uh now in 2018 um or even you know just within the last couple of years, shows or movies have come out that deal with dark subject matter and they get blasted mm. by the public. And even if some people like it, um there's just controversy and it, it's just kind of sometimes is more popular than the actual show. I will yes. give an example and then we'll take it back to you. Okay. So um, I have not seen this show, so I can only speak for my friends who have watched it. But there is a show on Netflix, original program called 13 Reasons Why. Mm. Um, the basic plot, if I remember correctly, is that a teenager commits suicide and then she sends these 13 tapes to the main character. And it's kind of, it's like a mystery of detailing like why she killed herself. And each tape, or maybe it's not each tape is to the main character. Do you know? No. Okay. But basically he's discovering kind of like the, the life that she led mm-hmm. and why she ultimately felt the need to um, kill herself, mm-hmm. and which is obviously a very dark uh, and unfortunate um, subject uh, yeah. that this is a part of our world, that people do this and feel the need to do this um, and are mistreated in that way. But um, I saw a lot of 
opposing views on this show. Some people going like, this show's trash for exploiting suicide and yeah. its victims. Well, other people being like, no, like it's very respectful and this happens, so we need to talk about it. Back and forth, back and forth. So I could feel... I had people on Facebook that I liked and respected going, this is trash. And I had people like, I suffer from depression and I think that this is really good and respectful. Anyway, all to say that show, when they were making it, they must have gone, this is about suicide. Like our show is about suicide. Yeah. We're, we're portraying suicide. Uh, that's a little strange. And so for you as, uh, again, someone who holds the pen and has to communicate information to an audience, mm. um, when you go, okay, I'm going to detail a suicide or I'm going to detail the death of a child or if it's, again, uh, graphic in a sexual nature, like if there's rape, if there's abuse, yeah. um, do you feel uncomfortable having to display those things and how you're going to show something to someone, which I think will be a good transition of do things cross the line? Can we think of examples of things that have crossed the line? Or how do, we, how do you approach doing these types of things in actual practice? Yeah. Um, I, I think I get pretty excited at the idea of doing it um, just because I know that that's something uh, that will uh, create a genuine emotion. Um, mm. Not that it's like an easy, you know, like, oh, this is an easy thing to do that'll you know trigger this in someone Um, not in that way but like personally when i read something if we're talking about comics i'm like oh this shocked me Mm -hmm. um in a way that left a mark on me this is gonna stay with me this is good you know like Mm -hmm. there's something about it that uh i think that adds a lot of value if they can create something that stays with you whether it's positive or negative uh so I was trying to think about this. I think the key thing to keep in mind, so I I personally believe there's nothing that's off limits in terms of mm. what you can present. Okay. Um any issue, any topic, uh I think the the problem comes down to people who have been victim of this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh are you invalidating their feelings okay. in, the, in the way that you're presenting this? All right. So, for example, a rape. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to uh, if, if you, you know, show a rape scene and you can like show all of it and people are going to be very uncomfortable with that for a good reason. Yeah. You sh- if you're not uncomfortable with rape, you've got things to think about yes um and so i think a lot of too many people equate being like not being comfortable with something with that thing being wrong in the way that it's shown okay you know so people will be like oh that i really i I walked out of that movie because i couldn't deal with that scene Mm -hmm. um but if it's if the scene is shown in its realness and it's you know just plainly uh that's that's on that person, you know, who who felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's their decision. They don't have to consume that thing, and they have every right to be uncomfortable with yeah, that. They should totally. be uncomfortable. Um, but I don't think they have the right to be upset with the person who created that, because that'll all depend on how it's presented. 
uh, if you show a rape scene for, to go with our example that invalidates the feeling of victims, you know, it's like with the, the this whole movement right now where it's like, what is consent? Mm-hmm. Um, if you show something that says, Oh, well, this person, you know, didn't say no. So they're in the right to do this. And that's mm-hmm. the statement that you're making with this movie. Yeah. Um, then I think there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now there are ways to navigate that where it's like, oh, well, this is the antagonist. This is what the yeah. antagonist thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's, <laughs> I, I think that has to be clear. Uh, yeah. This is not the message of the film, but this is the the thoughts and feelings. And of obviously, the yeah. The story. Yeah. And this is all, this is, none of this is black and white. Yeah. Um, and this is another one of my points too, where it's like, okay, then what happens if an, uh, the protagonist does something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the responsibility of of the writer at that point? Yeah, do there need to be consequences? Does the writer explicitly have to say, "Oh, this person did something wrong"? Mm-hmm. How do you show that? Or you know does the person get away with it? And then you let the, the, the viewer decide, Oh, this was, you know, like uh, this person did a bad thing and we all know that it's bad. So that's good enough. Yeah. Hmm. And that's, that's tricky. Um, again, I don't think there's anything that's off limits. And, uh, once more, this comes back to, well, is this something that this character would do? Mm-hmm. And I understand that there can be a whole, a complete switch where it's like, oh, this is what, how the character was all along. We just didn't know it. Yeah. All these things, obviously twists happen all the time, but, um, I think a good writer will know how to navigate that. Mm. Um, I think maybe if you, if, if, if they do it in an upsetting way, um, that's uh, not just showing offensive content, but mm-hmm. like making it targeted to be offensive at mm-hmm. the people who are suffering from that problem. Um, I I don't know. That either says something about the writer as a person, mm-hmm. uh, which comes back to the work, separating the work from the, yeah. the person. And, and that can, that'll probably be evident. Um, especially if they're not a good writer and then it'll be like, Oh, this person is clearly trying to say that this is an okay thing to do. And they're trying to pass it off as just a scene in a movie. But Mm. yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't know if that made any, it felt like stream of consciousness kind of. I looked, at, I looked at my phone, so if you could start from the part where I talked about the spotlight. <laughs> well, I, re- on you. I recorded it on my phone, so I'm just going to play it back. <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. No, I think that makes sense. I mean, I admit my first thought when you were like, oh, like doing that excites me. I was like, what? You're an animal. <laughs> right. I was like, get off, get off the show. We can't have this. I think I understand what you're saying, though. I mean... But in the same way that you're excited about writing it, like- no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I please don't, don't, <laughs> don't think I'm judging you at all. Uh, I, I, I get the the mentality of I'm excited to express um, something real and to make a, a piece of work yeah. that is that is waiting is going to challenge people. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily go, oh, I'm excited to like see the specific thing. Yeah, but in terms of 
uh, telling a mature story. And again, it's like if your heart's pure, your intent's pure. Mm-hmm. And it's like there, there's kind of like there's an honor to being like, I'm going to treat this with respect. And so yeah. I, I get what you're saying where you're like, I don't go, ah, I'm not, I can't draw this or I don't want to draw this. You go like, this is like a, a big deal. This and is so, important yeah, to talk about. Important. Yeah, And so I'm honored and excited to tackle this. It's, yes. like, it's like a, it's not a problem in the sense of a negative thing, but it's like yes. a challenge. It's like, how yeah. do I, cause like all these things that we're bringing up, how do we, how do we do this? And yeah. Well, it's, this is some, uh, so for example, this just came to mind, but like, uh, I think this is something that Spielberg handles really well okay. to where uh, Saving Private Ryan, you know, a lot of people walked out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not because he was saying, oh my gosh, I really love it when people like have their guts hanging out. I, I think this brings me a lot of pleasure. Yeah. But because it was so real and it was so important and people are like, man, this is it. like – this happened this way mm-hmm. and people had a hard time dealing with that, especially people who were actually there when it happened, Yeah, you know? And so, uh, people, people walking out of a Spielberg movie, uh, or walking out for different reasons than the people walking out of a Lars von Trier movie. This is very true. Um, but again, it's, it's all about the, the way it's presented and the intention. Same with Schindler's list. Um, it's hard to watch for a lot of people. It should be hard to watch. Um, but you, you, you can see the intention. It's showing the difficult parts. Like, uh, for example, the, um, it sounds uh, like you haven't seen the movie. No, <laughs> the, uh, I forget what the, the antagonist's name is. Um, I don't know either. Uh, but, uh, played by Ray Fiennes, but, uh, He's a, a very terrifying villain, but there there's a scene where he just goes out on his balcony. I was wondering if you were like, going to talk about that scene. Yeah, and it just like finds someone that he wants to shoot and then just shoots them. Yeah. And then so a person could very well be like, oh, this seems very gratuitous. I don't need to be seeing this. Mm-hmm. I know that it was awful. Why are you show like why are you adding this to it? Yeah. Um not realizing that this is a reality, you mm-hmm. know, and even if it never happened, even if the Schindler's list was an original story, mm-hmm. uh, it would still be an important thing, you know, to, to show true evil yeah. next to someone fighting against those odds. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, th- I thought just as an example, I feel like Spielberg handles that stuff really well. Totally. I think the the dinosaur violence in Jurassic Park was handled quite tastefully. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah! Like it just brought me back when we were fighting dinosaurs back in the day. Yeah, that was such um, a rough time for our, yeah. our grandparents. We had a really hard time taming them. Like they were just not good pets. I don't really understand why we were trying to tame them and why we kept making <laughs> islands to house them. But yeah, that's really. Just me. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's a. Uh, I think that's all uh, tasty points, and I, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that. Um, it is down to the individual um, viewer. And so if you're like, hey, I don't want to see that, or hey, like that's not good for me to watch, or like this freaks me out, you have to, you know, make peace with yourself and know what you can and can't engage with and kind of deal with that yourself as opposed to necessarily um, judging the the artist. Right. But mm-hmm. at the same time, with that said, I do think. There's something important. Notice that long breath I took beforehand because I'm getting ready for the, the real stuff here. <laughs> um, 
I think it's important to um, engage with material that's difficult because um, a lot of us, and I, I speak as a you know a, a white male living in the United States of America. Sure. Um, I don't have to deal with um, a lot of hardships that the world does. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to uh, be apathetic. I like to think that I'm an empathetic person. I like to think I care about the world. But nonetheless, I, I exist in my day-to-day life where I go to work and then I come home and I, I get I feel angsty and I write yeah. poetry in my <laughs> nice, you know, air-conditioned house where while I'm wearing a yama sweater and drinking a beer. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that my individual issues are, you know, irrelevant or whatever. But the the rest of the world is experiencing terrible things and mm-hmm. has experienced terrible things. And so there's some part of being human that I think it's important to to observe and uh, uh, engage with our our past mm-hmm. and with uh, our present, even if it doesn't directly affect us. I think it's important to yeah. watch. Um, films like Saving Private Ryan because that's something, whether you're like, oh, well, we shouldn't have even been fighting because war is bad. Sure. <laughs> um, shut up, that person. Yes. But even if you disagree with stuff, it's like it's important to go, there were men uh, and women who sacrificed their lives. Yeah. Um, and this is what it looked like and this is what it felt like for them. And while it's gross and it's nasty and it may upset you, and again, you have to make peace with what you can and can't do, Yes. there's... I think something beautiful about wanting to understand, wanting to be empathetic. And then maybe even if you don't just accidentally watching this movie and then seeing it and going, Oh my gosh, I have no, I had no idea that that's what it kind of was like. And then you, you leave the film having this, this new, uh, this new empathy and sorrow for what your fellow person had to experience. And I think it, it falls over to, you know, uh, rape, abuse, uh, violence, you know, all these things to where, like, especially like I just said, like I'm a man and, you know, I, I'm not as uh, um, targeted with that sort of stuff. And so right. to, to engage with material where I go, oh, this is something that has happened to a large majority of the female population and mm-hmm. it's something that's kept in the dark and that they were shamed for. Mm-hmm. Or it's not easy to talk about. Again, I don't enjoy watching that. But right. to, to be able to be exposed to the the effects it has, or the um, the problems it can cause, or the shame it can bring, or anything that I don't understand, I think is important. Yes. So I'm glad you said that, and I I agree that um, those individual Spielberg examples are are, are, are especially the um, Schindler's List one because that scene, like you said, was just like these people were nothing. Yeah. To uh, the Nazis, yes, to where yeah, they could just have, be smoking a cigarette in like their t-shirt and yeah. walk outside and just start popping shots at them. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, what you were just saying um, brings up a few points for me where um, some the a lot of the tough stuff, especially when it comes to history and um, certain minorities or whoever getting the short end of the stick mm-hmm. or um, being persecuted or all these things, um, it's equally important for those people to have their story told mm-hmm. and for the people who didn't go through that stuff to learn about it. Yes. Um, and then <laughs> this is one point, but it leads into another thing, which I, I, I've sort of been running into. Okay. Um, 
which is uh, people getting upset uh, when someone either writes or creates something about another group of people. Um, for example, I was reading reviews on books and there was, there was this one book, I forget what it was called, but it dealt with uh, a girl growing up being sexually abused by her father. Okay. Um, this, this was the premise. I didn't read I into might know it what book you're talking about, too but much. Yeah, keep going. But, um, and then some of the reviews were like, I'm so tired of, this was written by a man. Okay. And what some of the reviews were like, I'm so tired of these men trying to write stuff, uh, you know, trying to write about things that they don't understand, mm. like being a woman and being abused. Yeah. And that didn't sit very well with me because I'm like, I understand, like, I, I get that we're not always going to know, like, what it, obviously, and I, I would never want to know what it's like to go through that. Sure. But I really think that that you can you know you can talk to people you can do your research you can find out what that is like mm-hmm. or at least the closest approximation that you can and then tell an important story from it yeah um, without having gone through it yourself you know and so and this is uh, this for me could lead into a whole other thing where this this kind of <laughs> this cult of persecution and being offended. Sure. We're trying to find something to be offended with. And then, um, you know, like with uh, going back and reading a Mark Twain novel and being like, this should not exist mm. because he uses the N word. And then, not, you know, with no regard for context. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, this is actually how people talk back then. It's not okay. You are correct. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that this is not an important thing that people like, you know, should know about. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's well, a, let's take let's take a couple little moonwalk steps back. Yeah. <laughs> Just to really paint the picture for you. A, um as a white man, you are wrong. Uh, I just want to say that right now. Um, okay, thank you. You 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 are welcome, uh bad person. <laughs> um I I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. My first thought when you, when you say that example is like, well, I can kind of see the like the if you know uh, if you haven't been abused, and and then especially if you're not a woman, choosing that as your central perspective may be problematic. But I step back from that because um, if we put any um, rule on storytelling of you may only write about things that you have physically. Exactly, experienced yourself. Yes, we're going to lose a lot of a lot of our books and yeah. content. Um, and so, I do think with you know, if we're zeroing in on abuse or you know, uh, crimes of a sexual nature, you yeah. know, um, I may go, I may go. I feel like there needs to probably be a lot of research and talking, oh, yeah. like you said, mm-hmm. um, just because. Uh, if you're truly wanting to be respectful and to portray something in its accuracy, you would do that. So I, I don't think you necessarily have to be like, what's it like after you, you kill someone right? Uh, to then write a story about someone who kills someone? Because it's like, I don't know, necessarily know if you need those. For example, tools. the end of the effing world, which yes. is a great series. It's a great yeah. series. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it is, it is a little annoying. 
um, that people may have the perspective of like, uh, you, you can't write these things. Yeah. When anyone tries to lay down those types of like rules, even if it's in passing, just like a, I'm an annoyed, I'm annoyed by this. It is frustrating. I, I do see some of the criticism with those types of stories, but I don't know anything about this author. Well, so yeah, that was going to be my next thing. I was like, maybe this book is garbage. Maybe yeah. he like glamorizes it, mm-hmm. you know, and that would be awful. Um, I would stand by the fact that he has the right to yes. write it. Yeah, it's not inherently um, bad or trashy just because that's the subject. Yes. Um, and I think even if it is trashy, like he has every right to put that into a book, but then people have every right to say this is trash. Yep. I don't want to read this. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, if, but if he, you know, if his point was to raise awareness, of this mm-hmm. thing, um, putting into the spotlight that this ha- happens to anyone. And, you know, they say like a lot of times abuse comes from a person close to the family or in the family. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. This is important for people to know. Um, then, you know, I think he, people should write about that stuff regardless of if they've gone through it or not, if they do the appropriate research mm-hmm. and are, are respectful. Um, now it doesn't mean the writing itself is going to be any good yeah. and it can still be a bad book. Okay, so it's like the, uh, his intention or, or someone's intention. Oh, excuse me. Oh. I'm choking. <laughs> <coughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was 2018 coming up my throat and telling me <laughs> to shut up. <laughs> yeah. The, Intention doesn't mean that uh, his book's going to be good or successful or respectful. Correct. Um, and about on the flip side, just because it's poorly written doesn't make it offensive. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. But, uh, um, and this, I was trying to think about this earlier. This is kind of a, kind of deviates from this, but. Um, Stop it. <laughs> uh, stuff that's really either offensive or shocking and stuff like that. Um, even if it's bad, I feel like has a right to exist because it kind of sets the stage for future things to either improve on that or learn from that or, you know, hmm. whatever. Like if you didn't have the very first horror movie, then you wouldn't have any of the ones after that. Um, if you don't have something that, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of like digging myself into a hole probably, but I feel like there's a place for mistakes in art history, you know, where mm. like people um, say someone writes a really awful book about a certain issue. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to have to come along and be like, you did this completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um let, let me do it the correct way, you know. Hold my beer. Um, now, ideally, people do it the correct way the first time around, yeah. and that's what you want to do. You always want mm-hmm. to to do the best you can, obviously. But um, I don't know. I I think there's a there's a place for, for for those things. I'll probably regret saying this, but I think uh, what you're saying slash what I would say is that um, it's important to keep the conversation open. The reason I say I may uh, (laughs) regret saying that is because I hate Twitter and I hate just like people on the internet 
like fighting over things. And, yes. And like, like those video essays, like why Kyle Stuke sucks. Yes. Or like why Kyle Stuke is a privileged white male. Uh-huh. You know, like that, sure. those kind of attitudes like really drive me the wrong way. And so yeah. I, I'm probably one of those people who will, I'll make something, I'll put it out there and then I will not check it all. Like uh-huh. what people think about it. Yeah. Not because, I mean, part of because I'm afraid, I hope to, you know, get better at that. But I think more just because, like, I don't want to, like, be enraged by people saying stupid stuff. Yes. And so, but, again, when you were talking, uh, at first I was like, what What are you saying? <laughs> like, with the, like, so we got to make something really bad. No, no, no. So, okay. No, so, no, no. I think yeah, I got okay, you. Okay. Well, I think I got I'm you. I'm scared now. <laughs> no, don't be afraid, my sweet little babe. Is it, It's just, like, people, like you said, have the right to fail. It's not like, oh, you know... Um, this guy, let's let's call him. Let's call him Bob. You know, Bob tried to write a book about what it's like to be, you know, paralyzed and you know from the waist down and all the problems that brings. He's not paralyzed, yeah, yeah. So he writes sure. his book, and let's just say it sucks ass. Like it's just <laughs> bad. It's not a good book. But he, Bob, you know, was he? He did some research and he he tried and he. It, so then the result of that book isn't like. He doesn't deserve any out like problems or whatever. Whatever he's allowed to try to do that, and it's like um, admirable that he did. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, then he's open, or someone can look at that and go, like, you know what? Yeah, there's not really a great book about what that experience is like. I right. have one, so I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right this time. Yada yada yada. And so that's why. Yeah. Is that what you were saying? Well, sort of. So, Dana, oh, guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So to be clear. I'm not saying that you Noah need to go everyone. out and make something that's intentionally bad so that someone else will come. Like you're not you. You can't use that as an excuse to yeah. be like, no, no, no. But like this is bad on purpose because someone now people can learn from it. I'm saying stuff that has already happened has its place somewhere in history, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, for everything, even historical events that have been awful, you know, like you can learn from that. Obviously going back, you don't want them to happen in the first place. But um, I I think erasing stuff, uh, like for example, if you go and say uh, no one can read Mark Twain anymore, which first of all, you're dealing with censorship in general, which is no glasses. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, but to me, the, 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 it's like I'm starting to see shades of stuff like Holocaust denial and stuff like that, oh, where you're yeah. like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't deal with this thing as a reality. Mm-hmm. We should not have to ever think about it because it's nasty and we don't like it. Yeah, You know, I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, if someone's made something offensive and, and bad, that everyone should know that that thing is offensive and bad mm-hmm. um, and should know why it is not just because, Oh, Oh my gosh, this book has the N word in it. This yeah. is the most racist book that's out there and no one should read it. It's like, no, why, why this, this- is the most racist <laughs> book ever. That, that's funny. If anyone actually thought that <laughs> no, I'm just, I know, obviously I'm talking about yeah, my yeah. butt, but um, yeah. Like why, why does it have the N word in it? You know, Mm -hmm. um, who's saying the N word in it? When does this happen? Yeah. Uh, 
there's so many things and it's so, so easy to be polarized in again, this 2018 Mm -hmm. world. And I think a lot of it, Oh my gosh, it just, I hate the way I sound saying all these things. A lot of it is the media and just, Oh, Noah, again on the media. (laughs) He's, uh, ease of access to information, Mm -hmm. um, which is so wonderful. Yeah. But also, um, like people go around saying, Oh, 2016 was the worst year. And like times (laughs) this world is going to crap. I'm like, this world has never been better. Let's be clear about this. Oh, crazy statements from Noah. No, no, this is no, I'm with you. I don't have the the sources on me, but this is true. Like we've never lived in the safer world. Oh, I don't need sources. I believe you. Yeah. Baby. And so, um, Obviously, there's still so much that's wrong that needs to be fixed. Yeah. But people are like, uh, oh, I just wish we could go back to these times. What times? You know, it's like. This year. Oh, well, women couldn't vote then. Well, okay. Well, that's not what I meant. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's but like, that's what it would be like. I'm going to get slightly political here, but I was watching oh, oh no. an interview with an author and he was talking about the. Uh, making America great again slogan. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is confusing to me because what, what point in America's history are you talking about? Which point do you want to go back to Mm -hmm. the fifties with segregation? Do you want to go back to the Jim Crow laws? No. (laughs) I'm I'm glad you're speaking for the people. I'm the people. No. (laughs) Um, Do you want to go back to having slaves? No. You know, like it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just finding things to be offended about. It just doesn't sit well with me. Um, but, you know, you you need to acknowledge that all of those things are bad. Yes. And so, yeah, anyway, I'm I'm crossing a lot of my... You're 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 killing our viewers. I'm, cro- what's happening. I'm crossing a lot of my issues here, but I... <laughs> No, this is going to be a popular episode because this is where people will they're like, you want to know what Noah thinks? <laughs> Listen to this one, which is good. And that's what this space is, is for. I'm creating controversy like for it. viewership. It's so meta because <laughs> uh, yeah. this is a dark yeah. slash. Oh, it's our darkest episode oh, yet. It's a difficult <laughs> subject matter. It's the darkest timeline. Um, I think, like again, what you're saying I think is very important and true, which is that we have to be open to things. And so not open the sense of like, oh, well, is racist stuff good? But open the sense of like, I can engage with it. Yeah. And learn from it. Yes. And talk about it. And so I think, yeah, we can look at failed attempts at, uh, you know, um, tackling difficult subject mm-hmm. matter and go, what did they get right? What did they not get right? Something that I thought was really interesting. Um, and then I say, we take a sponsor break and then we sure. come back. Um but uh, I was listening to some Blu-ray review show, mm. um, and they were reviewing the film. Um, dang it, I just I just forgot what it's called. Uh, Straw Dogs with uh, Dustin Hoffman, I believe. Oh, okay, and it's an old film, older older film, and it w- it sparked a lot of controversy because there was it was just super violent, mm. very violent, very gory, and there was a very graphic uh, rape scene in it. Mm. And 
it was really interesting to hear them talk about because they quoted like a, I think a film professor, a female film professor, or just some expert. Um, and she was talking about the film and she was like, listen, like this film, is it problematic? And she was like, yes. Like there's lots of like, like just like this guy, like the director, the writer is like, this is weird. Yeah. It's problematic, but was it an important film in America's history? Mm. Yes. Yeah. And it was really cool. Um, to hear her opinion mm. on it, and um, maybe if I can find it, I'll put it in the the show notes, and yeah. so people can um, read it for themselves. But it, I was just so impressed with uh, her uh, demeanor and speech because you don't hear that a lot of being like, "Listen, here are the problems," but then here are also like the things that we can talk about or engage with, mm-hmm. and it's like so much with just media or any content or any news nowadays is black or white. Yeah. What's the opinion? Hate mm-hmm. it, love it. Yeah. And I think it's cool to be all like, this is the bad stuff. This is good stuff. This part, like, I don't really know how to feel about. And we can talk about it. And yeah. so I think I would hope for us when we make stuff, I, you know, I'm not a perfect human being. I'm going to do my best. But, and again, I'm kind of probably going to stay away from the internet. And so maybe it'll be you going, Kyle. Some people sent us some letters. They hate it, man. <laughs> they hated it so much, but more importantly, they 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 passed along these kind notes, and uh, I would go, oh, and I would have to think about like, did I drop the ball with this thing? Yeah, and I would have to be honest and go, okay, like you know what, I think there's some validity to what they said. Yeah, and I I think you have to be open to that. Yeah, I think I mean whether you're creating or consuming, you have to be a a truth seeker or, you know, truth teller, like be objective about everything you see, you know, don't immediately try to find something that's going to bother you because that makes you look good. You Mm -hmm. know, if, if you, Oh, if I, if I jump on the hate for this thing, I'm going to look good because I'm going to look like I have the high moral ground. Yeah. Um, You might, but honestly, like if you treat everything like that, then everything's going to be awful. And then again, it's all going to be black and white, but it never really is in truth. Um, So again, yeah, look at context. Look at what is this trying to say? Um, It it can be in anything, you know, even if it's like a fantasy novel, like what what is this person feeling? They're they're feeling really real things. People have died, you know, like um, whether it's they were killed by dragons or midgets or whatever. You, know, you can't say midgets. You already messed up. <laughs> but I can say dwarves because it's a fantasy thing. Oh yeah. All can right. we say centaur? Is that okay? <laughs> it's a it's a horse American. <laughs> Bojack horse American. <laughs> Bojack horse American. Um, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, like it, yeah, I think um, and uh, I say this all the time, but like it's so hard to be center of any issue nowadays yeah. because if you're it's seen as weakness Mm -hmm. to try and be objective. And this sounds so pretentious when I say it out loud, but like, that's how it feels Mm -hmm. Um, to where if you don't agree with a certain side, then you're just undecisive, which I am. Yeah. I was going to say you are. I very much am, but I also try, you know, to, to stay objective about things. And so, but if you jump on one side, then you have to disagree with absolutely everything that the other side does, whether yeah. it's political, whether it's, you know, just any issue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that that just drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, you can't be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be on fire for everything that's opposite of what the other side is doing, sure. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, anyway. We know where Noah stands. That's right. And I know, I think, uh, and kind of going back to what we said of being open to conversation, I think it's also, you have to be open to change like, yeah. and you, you have to accept that like, Hey, like, I might change and other people might change too. So when you're in, when you're talking about these things to not go they are the enemy, they're stupid and I hate them. Mm-hmm. But to be able to engage with them and who knows maybe through talking with them they'll go, "You know what? Like I didn't have that perspective. You're absolutely right." Like and it may not be right then, but maybe they come back and go, "You know what? Like the crap I was saying was kind of hurtful or stupid or yeah. like I didn't even think about that. I'm with you." Or you may leave the conversation and go, "You know what?" I think that, uh, you know, this piece of art actually, you know, uh, does have some value or like what I made, I think, I think I lied to myself and I think I just, um, wanted a dramatic scene. And so I threw it in there and I was embarrassed to admit that like, there is no deeper meaning behind it. I think it's Mm. important to be willing to, uh, again, change. And that ties back into me of being afraid of being misunderstood, Yeah, but it's like, I hope that I never make such a big blunder when dealing with sensitive subject matter. Mm-hmm. But I also hope that as a human being, I'm allowed to right. fail yeah. and come yeah, back yeah. and be like, Hey, yeah, you know what? Like I heard you guys. I'm yeah. like, sorry. Like, and, but then not like be ever from that moment be known as a centaurist or, you know, whatever. well, but it's interesting. Yeah. Cause <laughs> everyone fails at this stuff at some point or another, just mm-hmm. some people fail out loud, you know, they <laughs> fail in the public eye. That's true. It's very hard to recover from, but I, I do believe that. Yeah. Hopefully you'd get a chance to, you know, at least you'd be in my corner, buddy. Yeah. Our sponsor for the day is uh, Dog Getty. Have you ever heard of Dog Getty? Dog Getty? Mm-hmm. I have not heard of Dog Getty. Please tell me about oh this. Oh, my gosh. So Dog Getty is great. I have two dogs, mm. um, and uh, I just got this for them, and they were crazy about it. So basically what it is is um, these people who came up with it were uh, inspired by watching Lady and the Tramp. Ah, great um, Iconic, and then... Even more iconic is the scene with the spaghetti yeah. uh, at the Italian restaurant. So they have the sp- spaghetti noodle mm-hmm. and, and then they slurp it and then, and they, then kiss. they kiss. It's adorable yeah. and I love it. It's great. Um, so it's basically they ship it to you in a box, but it's one long noodle. Oh. Uh, and it's just for dogs. It's spaghetti for dogs, oh. basically. Oh, because, yeah, you never know, like, what their dietary restrictions are. Okay, yeah. okay. Just straight up, it's safe to eat. It's healthy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's actually nutritional. I mean, it, there's so much of it. It's a full plate or bowl if you're a dog. Okay, and so, so it's a fun meal as well, yeah, not just, like, a little gag. It's a full meal. And so each dog – If ideally, you'd have two dogs. This works – for one dog, but if you have two, it's even better because then they both grab one end of the spaghetti noodle. Yeah. And uh and they slurp it. Now Okay. Oh, what's this? The catch okay. is uh your dog needs to know how to slurp a noodle. Ah. Uh, Otherwise it doesn't work. There are it just does, eat it. It does come with a DVD. Oh, wait. Um is there a Blu-ray option? No. Dang it. 
No. We'll get there. Uh, but you can have a, they'll send you a digital download link. If All you right, buy I can the, come to terms with that. If you buy the box. Okay. And it has a bit of a, they have a professional dog trainer on in the video that kind of kind of coaches you through training nice. your dog how to sort a noodle. And uh, yeah. And so uh, this is also a great way. This is another part of it that they advertise is that um, it's a great way to set two dogs up for mating. Ah, the way so of life. It's a very enticing thing. It has a bit of an aphrodisiac quality to it. Mm. Um, but also, you're like, ooh, I want these two dogs to. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I want these two dogs to produce a litter of puppies. And so you're like, doggetty, doggetty, <laughs> the dog spaghetti, litter of puppies, doggetty. Right. That's right. And so you you put it in. You can add meatballs to it too. They they'll sell those. Separately, if or you, you want can cook them. your own if they're you're good that crap. Yes, make sure they're safe for your dog. Okay. Um, yes. Yep. And um, and they yeah they have all sorts of different types of meatballs depending on stomach sensitivities for dogs and stuff like that. But uh, if you're trying to set these two dogs up to be you know into each other, yeah, um, you can start them off with a doggetty spaghetti noodle, and so they'll sip it and or slurp it, and then they'll eventually. After a certain amount of time, they'll meet up with each other mm-hmm. and they will have had that bonding experience. Yeah. And they're far more likely, you know, to get it on. Get it on. And I'm sure that. it makes a great picture. Yeah. Not the, the getting on part, the new yeah. part. And so feel free, speaking of pictures, oh boy. Um, once you get your box and get your dog set up with Dog Getty, you can take a picture and with the hashtag, hashtag Dog Getty. Mm-hmm. Um, Put it up on Instagram, and uh, the page will pick one of those pictures as a winner for this contest. Mm. Um, to and the the two dogs that are in the picture that wins will be selected to be in a live uh, reenactment oh. or live action version sure. of Lady and the Tramp. That's pretty magical. Yeah. Now, if our lovely listeners uh, sign up. For this dog getting thing, do they get any special promotion through us? Or? Yeah. So if you go to doggetty.com slash hummingfools, mm, of course, you will get uh, your first box in the mail for free and you can try it out. If you like it, then it can be a subscription where every month they send you uh, three dog getty boxes. Mm. Um, and you can sign up. There's different tiers. You can yeah. have one where it sends you. One per week, you know, stuff like that, or yeah. one per month, whichever you're comfortable with. Um, but yeah, so that's doggetty.com slash hummingfuls. I just love how quickly we're getting sponsors. Yeah, it's amazing. And These people are coming unique. to us. We don't even have to go out and look for them. I, I, I have a physical broom that I have to shoo people away with constantly. Yeah. Too many sponsor offers. Man. Well, Noah, thank you. That sounds quite tasty. Please Absolutely. check out that link and get your dog some spaghetti. Yep. Uh, as we uh, kind of wind down, is there any last um, thoughts or ideas that you want to tackle before we bring the show to a close? Let me look down at my notes. Noah is looking at your or at your at his notes, so I'm going to keep you guys company. Um, one uh, outside example, which is one thing that we had kind of set up uh, for our topic. Uh, that I came up with or that I thought of when I was kind of writing things down was uh, back in the 90s with the whole gangster rap, you know, birth 
Uh, You're going to really have to treat me like a baby such <laughs> a child when you talk about this because I'm well, not familiar. <laughs> no, but you, you are familiar with NWA. Yes, that's true. Um, and so when, when that came about, and this is just hip-hop in general, and mm-hmm. then before that it was rock, um, but basically uh, they were uh, specific to gangster rap that I'm thinking of. They were uh, – talking about things that a lot of people were uncomfortable with. Sure. Um, and so people are like, this music is violent. It's teaching our kids to do drugs, do all these things. Crime is going to go up because of this music, mm. which is certainly not the truth. Um, and never, I don't think ever has been with any media, and, but it's always been a concern with people. Mm-hmm. Um, violent video games are making people, you know. Grand kid, Theft Auto is causing people to steal more cars. Yeah, Watch it's out. Just, yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, there, there was this huge pushback at the time where, you know, people are like, they shouldn't be allowed to sing about these things. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, even when they go to concert, you know, the, the police force would come up and be like, these are the, you guys aren't allowed to perform this song, you know, F the police. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, wonder uh, why they, they yeah, that opinion. <laughs> um, like, you're not allowed to perform the song. And so people were really upset with the things that they were talking about. So they thought they shouldn't be allowed to talk about them. Mm-hmm. But they were they were thinking, well, this makes us want to talk about these things even more because you're shutting us down. Yeah, and these this, freedom of speech. Yeah, but also like these are important things. This is mm-hmm. what we live through. This is, you know, this is our world. Yeah, and people just couldn't understand that, mm-hmm. you know. And they were they were bringing that world to their doorstep. People were upset because they were very comfortable. Yeah, um, not knowing about any of this. Mm-hmm. And so I think this applies across the board to a lot of entertainment where it's like, yeah, you may be uncomfortable what this person is talking about, Mm -hmm. but also this is the reality of it. You know, take this opportunity to educate yourself. Why are are they talking about this? Why are they writing about this? Why is this important to them? And how is it relevant to you? And what can you learn about it? So, yeah. Totally. I, yeah, I think it ties into what we were saying about, you know, empathy and that sort of thing sure. and, and being comfortable in your world and how it's important to engage with stuff and see mm-hmm. how it, when that's threatened people will lash out because they don't want to think about that yeah. stuff and so i think that's probably probably a note uh, of encouragement for our listeners if they're doing stuff like this themselves mm-hmm. um you're not always going to you know, uh, be rewarded for being on the right side. And again, it's hard yes, to know absolutely. what the right side is sometimes oh. in this day and age. But just because there's pushback, just because there's controversy, just because there's people telling you no doesn't mean that they're right. And so again, it really comes down to that gut feeling and what you can live with in your own soul. And so, yeah, like for like the example you're talking about, th- those guys, like they have the authority, they have like the symbol of authority telling yeah. them they can't do something, which is like as high as it gets sometimes for some people. But they had to go like, no, like this is our story. This is our truth. And right. it's important that we get this out. And so you're going to have to, you know, there may be times where you and I disagree with feedback or critique where people go, no, 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 that's too taboo. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. You can't draw that. You can mm-hmm. talk about that. We may have to go, okay, is this real? Is this true? We got to be open to that. But at the same time, like, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So listener, don't be afraid 
to get out there and shine like the bright star that you are. And when I say bright, I mean gory, covered in taboo <laughs> images. That, that star is a pentagram. <laughs> yeah, that star has seen some stuff and is slowly dying. Yes. Uh, well, lovely thoughts. Lo- lovely last thought, Noah, too. Yeah. I think that's a great little note to end on, especially cool. it's a little hopeful note mm-hmm. as well of just um, – you know, doing your best to again uh, make the better be- the world a better place, which sounds kind of weird considering what we're talking about. Sure. But I do think that change comes from looking at bad things in the yeah. past or the current things and going, "We don't want this to keep going." Yeah. So I love it. Awesome. No, once again, thank you so much for joining me and sitting me. I don't even know how long we've been here, but I feel like it's been a while, but it's gone by so quickly. It always does, yeah. Oh, baby sugar mama, sweet honey pie. Can you tell the people who I'm sure are even more curious as where to find you now to get the constant sure. Noah Bosley scoop on the interwebs? Yeah, and again, all this will be down in the description, but you can find me at noahbosley.com and then Noah Bosley on Instagram. Those should be the main ones that I use. Do it. And for myself, uh, the Kyle Stuke, you can find me at Kyle underscore the underscore Ecuadorian on Instagram. That's where I spend my time, and that's where you are welcome to join me. Uh, I hope you enjoy our next episode. Please tune in for another interview. We hope Mm -hmm. you enjoyed the last one. And uh, we don't have a catchphrase, so thanks for uh, coming to Humming Fools. Then that's it. Goodbye. Bye.